Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about genital herpes. And you can find written notes on this topic at zerodefinals.com slash genital herpes or in the genito urinary medicine section of the Zero to Finals Obstetrics and Gynecology book. So let's get straight into it. The herpes simplex virus or HSV is commonly responsible for both cold sores referred to as herpes labialis, and genital herpes. There are two main strains, HSV1 and HSV2. Both strains are common in the UK and many people are infected without experiencing any symptoms. After an initial infection, the virus becomes latent in the associated sensory nerve ganglia. Typically, this is the trigeminal nerve ganglion with cold sores and the sacral nerve ganglia with genital herpes. The herpes simplex virus can also cause aphthous ulcers, which are small painful oral sores inside the mouth, herpes keratitis, which is inflammation of the cornea in the eye, and herpetic whitlow, which is a painful skin lesion on a finger or a thumb. The herpes simplex virus is spread through direct contact with affected mucous membranes, or viral shedding in mucus secretions. The virus can be shed even when no symptoms are present, meaning it can be contracted from asymptomatic individuals. Asymptomatic shedding is more common in the first 12 months of infection and where recurrent symptoms are present. HSV1 is most associated with cold sores, It's often contracted initially in childhood before five years and remains dormant in the trigeminal nerve ganglion and then reactivates as cold sores, particularly in times of stress. Genital herpes caused by HSV1 is usually contracted through orogenital sex, where the virus spreads from a person with an oral infection to the person that develops a genital infection. HSV2 typically causes genital herpes and is mostly a sexually transmitted infection. It can also cause lesions in the mouth. Let's talk about the presentation of genital herpes. Patients affected by herpes simplex may display no symptoms. They may also develop symptoms months or years after an initial infection when the latent virus is reactivated. The symptoms of an initial infection with genital herpes usually appear within two weeks. The initial episode is often the most severe and recurrent episodes are more mild. Signs and symptoms include ulcers or blistering lesions affecting the genital area, neuropathic type pain which can be tingling, burning or shooting, flu-like symptoms for example fatigue and headaches, dysuria which is painful urination, and inguinal lymphadenopathy with swollen lymph nodes in the inguinal region. Symptoms can last three weeks in a primary infection. Recurrent episodes are usually milder and resolve more quickly. Let's talk about making the diagnosis. When patients are presenting with these symptoms, it's important to ask about sexual contacts, including those with cold sores, to establish a possible source of transmission. They may have caught the infection from someone unaware that they're infected and not experiencing any symptoms. The diagnosis can be made clinically 
based on the history and examination findings. A viral PCR swab from a lesion can confirm the diagnosis and the causative organism. Next, let's talk about management. Patients should be referred to a genitourinary medicine or GUM specialist service. Acyclovir is used to treat genital herpes, as well as other infections caused by the herpes simplex virus. There are various acyclovir regimes listed in the BNF depending on the individual circumstances. Alternatives to acyclovir are valacyclovir and famcyclovir. Additional measures including to manage the symptoms include paracetamol, topical lidocaine 2% gel, for example instiller gel, cleaning with warm salt water, topical Vaseline, additional oral fluids, wearing loose clothing and avoiding intercourse when there are symptoms. Finally, let's talk about pregnancy and genital herpes. Genital herpes is not known to cause pregnancy-related complications or congenital abnormalities. The main issue with genital herpes during pregnancy is the risk of neonatal herpes simplex infection contracted during labour and delivery. Neonatal herpes simplex infection has high morbidity and mortality. Neonatal infection should be avoided as much as possible and treated early if identified. After an initial infection with genital herpes, the woman will develop antibodies to the virus. During pregnancy, these antibodies can cross the placenta into the fetus. This gives the fetus passive immunity to the virus and protects the baby during labour and delivery. Management of genital herpes in pregnancy depends on whether it's the first episode of genital herpes, a primary infection, or whether it's a recurrent episode of genital herpes. There are guidelines on genital herpes from the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynaecologists from 2014. Always check the local and national guidelines when you're treating patients. It's worth noting that acyclovir is not known to be harmful in pregnancy. Primary genital herpes contracted before 28 weeks gestation is treated with acyclovir during the initial infection. This is followed by regular prophylactic acyclovir starting from 36 weeks gestation onwards to reduce the risk of genital lesions during labour and delivery. In this situation, women that are asymptomatic at delivery can have a vaginal delivery provided it's more than six weeks after the initial infection. Caesarean section is recommended when symptoms are present. Primary genital herpes contracted after 28 weeks gestation is treated with acyclovir during the initial infection followed immediately by regular prophylactic acyclovir. In this situation, a caesarean section is recommended in all cases to reduce the risk of neonatal infection. Recurrent genital herpes in pregnancy, where the woman is known to have genital herpes before pregnancy, carries a low risk of neonatal infection, between 0 and 3%, even if the lesions are present during delivery. This is because the mother's antibodies will have passed to the fetus, offering passive immunity. Regular prophylactic acyclovir is considered from 36 weeks gestation to reduce the risk of symptoms at the time of delivery. 
So thanks for listening to this episode on genital herpes. As always, a big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing this podcast. And I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll talk about HIV.